Okay. I'm really excited about this, man. I've been looking forward to it like all day. Yeah. Cause I'm telling you, dude, when I I was I was editing last night, I was getting like the snippets, like the thirty second snippets of each song. Uh I was really getting excited. I was like, oh man, we got some really good songs to talk about, man. And you realize that my songs are superior? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Alright, hold on. I'm gonna it's, cook. Also, it's also my birthday tomorrow. I I know. I don't know if you know. Seven twenty one. Alright, points for you. I feel like Ben just knows because I've been talking about it so much. I I always thought it was the, the 18th, but you corrected me a few years back. It's like, no, it's the 21st. Why would you think it's the 18th? I'm like, I don't know. That's Hot Ant's birthday. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe if I ever have kids, you can become Hot Ant. I already am. You don't even have them yet, but I, I am. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah, delicious. Okay. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It's a lovely Friday afternoon. I uh, hope everybody had a good week and is going to have a great weekend. My returning guest is a dear friend of mine, and I love her so much. Uh, she brightens my life every time I communicate with her, whether it be text, 50-minute phone call, or just in person. We don't do that much anymore because she lives like 500 miles away. And let me also wish her a happy early birthday. Hello, Morgan Alonzo. How are you doing? Doing well. Have an edit, though. It's never 50 minutes. It's three hours. <laughs> and also, behind my name, if somehow we could do... Burr, 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 that'd be great. <laughs> I'll, uh... <laughs> Alright, right after I say your name, Morgan Alonzo, I'll put the air horns in. Oh, great. You're giving me more editing work to do. Okay. Perfect. All right. So, you know, I have you back on to do a kind of a, a sequel to an episode you did we did together last year, which I have to say, just by looking at the numbers, uh, was very popular. And needless to say, we both had a lot of fun doing it. And, like, yeah. it, was, it was great. Like, that's one of my – like, I don't – I've done a lot of episodes. I, I try not to have, like, favorites because I, I just appreciate doing this and I like having people on. But that really was, is one of my favorite episodes. So I hope this episode, I think it will be. We'll see how it goes. But I think we got another great one ahead of us. Hell yeah, we do because Rihanna's going to be mentioned. That's a given, like, 10 out of 10. Okay, so what I'm referring to is last year we did Under the Covers. And this will be Under the Covers, you know, part two, right? Basically, uh, for anyone who didn't hear last year's episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen. It's a great episode, like I said. But basically, Morgan and I are big music fans. You know, I'm not the biggest music fan, but we, when we did live together, Morgan and I would discuss music very frequently because we have very distinct tastes, I believe. And one of the things we like to talk about is like, oh, I like this song, but I also like that version of this song so what we're gonna do in today's episode is like we did last time we're gonna present three songs each uh with two different versions of the song and discuss uh the variation like the which one's better which one do we like more which one do we not like as much and uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun you excited yes <laughs> yes queen yeah yes. <laughs> so let's get started Okay. I'm sorry. This is bad. This is bad podcasting. I'm eating a cookie with my tea right now. But oh, I thought it was oatmeal. I was about to say, is it good oatmeal? No. Nah. It was a cookie. Look, I don't know how many people out there listening like uh, like tea, but I love black tea, and I also love these Belvita breakfast cookies. They have this. Yes. <clears throat> they have this cinnamon brown sugar, and I swear to God, dipped in like Irish or English breakfast tea, black tea. My God, they're euphoric, dude. They're so good. And that's my shameless plug today. And also, you wear a lot of black clothes, so black tea matches your soul. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> anyway, let's get started. I'm excited right out the gate. I was going to go first. We have our order already established, so I was going to go first. I know I should have ladies and guests first, but I figured why not, right? Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it, right? Yep. Okay, so... 
The first uh, song is one of mine. Uh, I really love this song. I mean, it's one of these like it's one of these like old school classics that you hear like on, you know, classic classic hits radio, kind of old timey radio for lack of a better word. I kind of Motown, and it is "Little Bitty Pretty One" by Thurston Harris, right? Uh, yes. I'm pretty sure everybody has heard this song once or twice. It is a I like to think it's a classic. So we're going to listen to it real quick and then we're going to talk about it and then we're going to talk about the other version. So let's go. Hold on, let me let me play it real quick. Okay, I'm not even going to lie. Even listening to it, like, for the millionth time, even in my chair, I was, like, snapping my fingers and kind of swaying to it. That is such a jam, dude. I was dancing, full on. It's just, it's, it is music from a simpler time, and it's, like, it's just so, it's just so accessible, I think is the word. Like, it's just, I don't, like, I can't imagine someone, like, sitting there listening to that song and not like at least tapping their feet. What do you what do you get out of it? So Simon Cowell would even give it a pass. <laughs> is what you're saying. No, honestly, I, I love it. It automatically makes me happy. And what's sad is I honestly forget about that song, which makes no sense. Um, so I probably need to add it to like a if you're sad day to yeah. listen to it. But um, I also think it's cool. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Matilda? Uh. Yes, I have seen Matilda. I remember, yes, that is a movie I remember seeing. <laughs> I feel like that song's in it. I know, of course, there's other songs that are popular from the movie, but I feel like that is also in there, which makes it cool, too. Mm. But, um, no, I like it. It's a very happy song. Oh, yeah, it was in that. Look at that. Maybe that's where I first heard it. I mean, I was, like, seven when Matilda came out. Uh, and you were, like, what, still in the womb? <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't. Thank you very much. But that's my plug-in, is everyone should watch Matilda. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's a great song already. Right out the gate, we got a good song. But as much as I love that original Thurston Harris version, this next version, the Jackson 5 version, Ooh. I I like better. And I'll explain after we give it a listen. Hold on one second. Just my, my 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 main thought on this is like it took the greatness of that original song and added Michael Jackson to it. Like it's like I mean I know this was young Michael Jackson, this is kid Michael Jackson, but like it's so good. It's so Motown. It's so it's got a little bit of funk. And I, I just love the harmony of like the group, like how they all. It's look, man. I love that Thurston Harris version, but the Jackson Five version. I th it's one of the catchiest, like happiest songs. Dare I say it's up there next to like ABC and I want you back. I want you back and like Rock and Robin for this. In my book, in my book, what do you think? So, question though. So, is it automatically good simply because it's Michael Jackson, or do you like genuinely feel like it stands better than the original? I think it stands better than the original because it has a better. I think it has better production, and I think it has more going on in it, and it's like, I mean. Both are great versions, but I think I like that one better because it's, like I said, it's got a little bit of funk undertones to it. It's got uh, more singers and like that first that Thurston one, that Thurston Harris version is very stripped down, very like, it's very like, again, music from a different time. And like I, I can't, I don't remember the dates on this, but like I think uh, the Jackson Five was like a, like maybe a decade after. I can't, I can't remember. I think it was. 
Thurston Harris version was the 50s, and I think this might have been late 60s, early 70s. I Don't quote me on that. But basically, you, you there was a shift in music from that time span. Like, music kind of exploded in the 60s and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just think it's like... I just think it's better. Like, and of course, Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, dude, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, um, I definitely. What I think is cool because I I have never heard that version. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, it's cute because it's like you know he's younger and he's it. talking about you know little bitty pretty one. That's yeah. that's pretty cute. Um, I definitely still see them as separate though because mm-hmm. of exactly what you just said is the reason why you like it is because it came at a different time and had a different production sound. So I'm still able to kind of separate them, but um, they're both very happy. Yeah, I, I was almost exactly right. Uh, the Thurston Harris version came out in 57, and wow. the Jackson 5 covered it 10 years later, so I was exactly right. So Wow. Yeah, it, but I can hear it. You can hear it, can't you? Oh, definitely, for sure. Yeah. All right. So we're not going to dwell on this one too much because we got a lot of we got a long track list to go through, but it's a great. It's just both songs are great. I think the, I think what most people are going to get out of this is that we're not gonna, we're not going to be talking about any songs or covers that are bad. Like we're we we're not talking about oh here's this good version, here's this shitty version. Both versions have merits. So, okay, next up is you, and I'll be honest, I had never heard either of these songs, but I gotta say I like them. I really like. I really, I really like these songs that you presented. It was originally uh, "Heartbeats" by yes. The Knife. What do you let's set that up for me? Like, as someone I've never listened to, what do you think about it? Um, so without being overly cheesy, so I kind of found that song whenever it it, it meant a lot to me for what I was going through, and yeah. actually. Um, when I listened to that song, it was about Ben for me, which is kind of funny because um, I've been with Ben for almost five years now and we have a daughter together. Um, but for me, it's super reminiscent. So it kind of has like a sad undertone to it. Yeah. But at the same time, like it has um, now I can't think of it, the musical instrument right now. Well, it's, let's, it's, uh, let's give it a listen and uh, yeah. maybe that'll help you out. synth man that is a jam right there this is i told you after i listened to this for the first time i was like this is a really good fucking song i'm a sucker for electronic music so that was that's a jam right there kind of like pre-churches right yeah 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 very much i mean this came out early 2000s too i think it's like 2002 right definitely so so did you look at the lyrics too or did you just give it a listen i just gave it a listen and I think you can hear the, the lyrics a little bit better on the second version that you have. Yeah, uh, but uh, I just like the vibe of it, man. Yeah, it's that's what I said. So it's like it's a song that you want to to dance to and to kind of like jam out and like sing for karaoke. But then when you think about the lyrics, you're like, holy shit, like that's pretty depressing. But I love it. It's one of my favorite songs ever, honestly. Okay, let's give the second version a listen. Uh, it was quickly covered, I think, very shortly after by a gentleman named Jose Gonzalez. I hope I said that right. Uh, he did a version, and let's give it a listen real quick. To call from heights of above, to Very folky, very folky. I love it. It's very mellow. It's it's a pretty radical shift. Mm-hmm, it is. It's very and it's more simple, as you said earlier. Stripped down, yeah. The last two, yeah. Uh, how did you come upon this? Do you remember how you how you heard this? Where you were like, "Oh, I like this song. Like, I like the original, and this must be really good too." Or what? 
Um, honestly, I'm pretty sure um, I was doing a couple projects for school at the time, mm-hmm. and I had put in Pandora something similar to The Knife and that kind of style, and I stumbled upon it, and I was like, I know this song. And I love it. I listen to both. I don't think I have a favorite out of it mm-hmm. because I think you get two different kinds of moods with it, even though it's the same song. So I love both of them equally. Yeah, man. This is going to sound oddly specific, but when I heard the Jose Gonzalez version, I, I was like, this feels like an indie movie. Like, this feels yeah, like right? this feels like, like some early 2000s, like, Garden State, like... Yeah. like indie music like i was like which is not a bad thing in my book i mean it's kind of cliched but it's it's not a bad thing because the song is good i really like dig it, should it. Be on scrubs. yeah and it but you you really do have two different versions of a song that are like if i'm want to be if i'm in a mood where i want to dance you got the knife version and then if you got a where you're like i need to decompress i need to relax you got another good version man it's really they're both really good i think i'm I'm more inclined to the knife version because that synth, man. I I love me some acoustic guitar, but that synth is a is is fucking electric, dude. <laughs> Just my opinion. Uh, anything you want to say? I mean, this was yours. Do you want to closing remarks on these two? Um, I would say if anyone hasn't heard either version, should really listen to the piece in its entirety as well as the lyrics because also what's cool about them is you know the original she's not really trying to sound like she has great vocal talent she's just more singing it and the music i guess carries for her whereas jose gonzalez he changes up the rhythm of how he says the words so they they kind of have a little bit more feel to them so that's something pretty cool that i also like it's great. I really dig it. I, I got it. I added uh, both versions to my iTunes. So yeah. Okay. Moving along, uh, the next one is one of mine, and it's another two versions of a song. I love this song so much because, I mean, if it doesn't hit you right in the feels, I don't know what will. You might you might be dead inside. Like I really, you really <laughs> might be dead inside. Uh, okay. So the first version, uh, the the song in question is. Uh, it goes by two different names, technically. Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow or Will You Love Me Tomorrow, right? There's Sometimes it's it's packages one, sometimes it's packages the other, but they're the same song, right? Uh, right. So the original version, uh, I'm just going to spoil it right ahead. Uh, the original version was recorded by the Shirelles, right, in 1960. But it was actually originally co-written by Carole King. And that's the second, like, her version which she did on her own album, it came out in 71. So this was all, always her song, but it, it kind of she kind of reincorporated it, you know? Um, so let's give a listen to the Shirelles version. Again, this is probably a song anyone who's listened to like an oldie station has probably heard before. It's I like to say it's another like like classic. So let's give it a listen real quick. So It's great, man. It's another like one of those Motown classics, and it's got the little, it's got a little upbeat. And I mean, I don't think you're supposed to dance to it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can dance to it. <laughs> um, it's it's great, and it's like, look, if you've never felt that way, like about another person, where you're like you're doubting their commitment or conviction for you, God bless you, because. I sure as hell have, and I'm sure you sure as hell have, Morgan. And even that kind of, like, upbeat version of a downer song is still really good, in my opinion. And it's got the the orchestra in the back, which I really dig. Uh, And, you know, it's just got that old Motown feel, and it's like... I I, I just feel it. Uh, But I think I feel it more in the second version. What do you think about this first version? I like it because um, it's so smooth. That's a great word. I guess. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. And like you said, I, I love Motown era yeah. things. But um, also, like you said, you can dance to it, which is super weird just because, you know, of, uh, again, lyrically, what it is about. But, um, the, yeah, it's smooth. The second version is definitely a slow song where you, like, 
you don't really dance to. You kind of like slow dance to, I guess, if you really want to get like if you really okay. wanted to. Uh, so this version, uh, again, the original version by the Shirelles was co-written by Carol King. In '71, she did her own album. Uh, and she recorded her own version, and it's really good. And I have a very interesting story about it, so uh, let's give it a listen real quick. So Okay, I got a couple of fun facts, and then I'll... Well, I got one fun fact about that song, and then I'll tell my story about it. Uh, fun fact, that is James Taylor on background vocals and acoustic, acoustic guitar. Huh. Yeah, I know. Small world, right? Uh, yeah. What that song makes me think of... Okay, so I'm a huge Wonder Years fan. Like, the uh, that, that, uh, that sitcom... Uh, you know, Kevin Arnold, Winnie Cooper, all that stuff. It came on, I think, uh, yeah, or, or late 80s, early 90s, right? Uh, yeah. So I love that show, right? And there's an episode where this is like the closing song. First off, that show has such a great soundtrack because it has like – it takes place in the 60s, anyone who's unaware. Uh, first off, it has a great – aside, a quick aside, it has a great intro because it has Joe Cocker's Goodbye with a Little Help of My Friends. But so this song, this Carol King version of "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow," ends like caps off one of the episodes where it's kind of like uh, it's a really good episode. And like I don't know why, but that is always like that visual at the end of that episode is always tied to this version, to this song for me, man. And it's such a great, wonderful, soulful version of this song. What do you think, Morgan? So unfortunately, I've never seen The Wonder Years. It's on my list. It's it's a good show, but it, you got to have patience for it because it is like, it's kind of like ridiculous. But you know, it's fine. It's really good. I love it. <laughs> I know I'm I know I'm crazy for it because I've heard a lot of people talk about it. So it's definitely up there. Um, but as far as this, I love a good ballad, and that is absolutely a ballad. Yeah, absolutely. And so to me, I'm more partial to that version. Yeah. Strictly because even though, again, the first version definitely has, um, which also let me preface, I'm a sucker for lyrics and how you how you phrase them. Yeah. Um, she changed that completely. It's way more longing yeah. behind it, and it's, to me, more sentimental. Yeah, and it's, it's more vulnerable. And <laughs> right. it's like, I think that's why, I, again, I love the Shirelles version. Uh, but I think I come back to this not only for the Wonder Years connection, like I said, but also because I don't want to say that the Shrells version lacks substance, but I feel like this version has more substance to it. I'm like, if anyone who listens, that was just a small snippet, but anyone who listens to it, it's like from start to, it's got like this slow piano build and you got James Taylor and the guitar and the background, dude. And Carol King's voice is so lovely. Like she uh-huh. does this, she does this great, um, version i'm not even religious but i have her version of amazing grace on my ipod like she kills it on that but she just has a great voice and she's a great she's got a great she's a great writer and she's a great singer and it's just like that version of the song just it 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 guts me man sometimes it'll catch me where i'm just like fuck i need to like i need to relax for a minute like just kind of like think about my life for a second because i feel i felt this way about other another person like another girl like i'm like i i don't think this is gonna last but i mean i just want you to tell me man will you will you still love me tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's great i love it i love it so much man it's 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 a it's a classic it's i I don't know if people consider it a classic but it's a classic in my book because it's like God, it just hits me in the right spot, dude. Any uh, any last comments on this? You'll know it's a classic whenever you're up watching late night television and they try to sell you it on a CD. <laughs> a whole bunch of other sad crap. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, moving on. Oh yeah. Also, oh, sorry, I keep coughing. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. 
Uh, next up, we got another one of your songs. Um, uh-huh. I'm a big fan of the first version because it is an 80s song. Uh, by the way, you said it was Robert Fulmer. It's actually Robert Palmer, by the way. Oh, my bad. Sorry. No, I was like, I think, I hope we're talking about the same version. There may be another dude named Robert Fulmer uh, out there who did a version of the song, but I'm going to do the Robert Palmer version. And, well, I'm, I'm also trying to type with these really long hooker nails right now. They're fake nails. I'm getting them off today, so I'm sorry. Uh, the version, the song we were talking about is Addicted to Love. And I, I dare I say, dear, that this might be my most controversial uh this these two versions of the song are probably will be my most controversial take. Uh, so what do you God. what do you think about this first? Well, let's listen to the first version sure. first, and then uh, we'll get your thoughts on it. All right. All right. Okay. First off, let's give that song a shout out because it has one of the greatest like '80s music video ever. Any, yes. Anyone who has never seen it, uh, it's basically the artist Robert uh, Robert Palmer. He's dancing and he's got like gorgeous supermodels and like kind of mimic like as his band, like a music video band. And it is like it was groundbreaking. Like people people remember that forever and stuff like that. That video. Anyway, people dressed up like the uh, models too. Yeah, for real. Uh, what are your thoughts? Why did you pick this song, if I may ask? So, again, also agree with you. Cool eighty song, cool lyrics, um, and also for some reason, anytime I hear it, I immediately think of like you're in the eighties and like like Winona Ryder or somebody like in a movie going to prom and just jamming to this song. Yeah. Um, I also take it as someone meaning an offense. Obviously, you're addicted to love. Yeah. Um, as like poking fun at someone. Whereas I know we're going to listen to the other version. I feel like that one's a little bit more. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it that way. So, what's your take? Uh, again, great '80s song. I hear it every now and then when I do like I go to an '80s night. Um, it's classic. But I think the fact that this version was done. I, I, I can't really explain this. I can't really articulate this well, but I would say that you can tell that this version feels like a man and the second version we're going to talk about feels like a woman's point of view. <laughs> like okay. I feel like this version is a man's point of view because it's kind of condescending and I feel like it's kind of like like kind of like casting like casting shade, I guess, as the kids uh-huh. say these days. But the second version feels like a come feels like a uh, definitely like it's coming from a woman's point of view. I dig this song a lot, man. It's a jam. Uh, it's a great it's a great song to white band dance to. So you know, uh, it's really good. So the next version um, is by a, a, an artist, a group that I really love, and I'm sure you love a lot too, Morgan. Uh, it's Florence in the Machine. Uh, let's give it a listen real quick, and then we can talk about it. Let's do that all over again. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was Florence and the Machines version. Uh, Morgan, why do you feel like you picked that version? Why do you like that song so much? Okay, so I'm saying that I've listened to that song. <clears throat> I probably can't even count how many times I've listened to that song. I love it. It's from her like deluxe edition yeah. CD, um, and there's a lot of good songs in there, but that one I, I constantly play, um, and I've even just driven around the neighborhood, just constantly listening to it. But as you mentioned, from the first version, the original, it sounds like someone's slandering a person, and from the male perspective, as you said, and this one is, 
I don't want to say more vulnerable, but I feel like it's her coming to terms with the fact that the person she wants to be with just wants to move on and keep kind of just yeah. having their cake, essentially. Yeah. But um, but I do love it because it's also very different from the original, so it, it, it's really good to me. Hot take. I'm not a fan of this version. Oh! And I'll tell you why. It's not a bad song. Obviously, it's not a bad song. And Florence... You know, Florence Welch and and her machine, I guess, very talented, like their music a lot. But I'm so used to being knocked away by her vocal performance, she kind of reins herself in and is very understated. And I get it, that's that's in line with what how Robert Palmer in his version, he doesn't like he's it's not bombastic, but I'm used to my Florence being bombastic. I'm used to her like shake it off, you know, sweet nothing. Like, I'm I'm used to being like, yeah, Florence, fuck yeah. This left me wanting more, I'm gonna be honest. No, 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 no. This is still a fuck yeah. I think you gotta get on the train. This is her being exacerbated from just getting played with. Like, this person's moving on. You gotta see it in another light. You gotta get on board. I'm sorry. I can't accept your answer. I look. I wanted to like it. I I put it on my iPod. Maybe I'll listen to it like in the coming time, and I'll like I'll start to appreciate it. But again, it left me wanting more from her, vocally speaking. Like I was like, cry yourself to sleep one out of every seven nights. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just saying. I'm like I'm again. I'm used to like Florence. Like you know, just dog days, Florence. Like I'm used to like her knocking me away and. It just didn't knock me away. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, I, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a Florence and the Machine song I've listened to that I hated. But also, I was like, you know I what? <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted some more from it, man. I really wanted some more from it. I wanted some more from her, like especially towards the end. I feel like that was when she could have like, like knocked it out the fucking park. But she kind of like she kept it, she kept it keel, even keel. I'm like, demure. I, I really wanted a little bit more from you, Florence. I still love you though. Uh- I, I agree with the ending part there, though, that she probably could have peppered in a little bit more umph or, like, some soul into it. I, I'll agree with that part for sure. Yeah. But, again, it's not a bad version, but I think I have to go with the – if I had to pick, I love – I like them both, but I think I love the Robert Palmer version because it is, like – it is an 80s music staple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, man, we're breezing through this shit. Uh, <laughs> wow. I know, right? We only got two songs left, but I think the – Oh shit! Oh, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> but I think the last song, I think the last song that we're gonna talk about is gonna be very interesting. Um, okay, so this last one, or sorry, I'm sorry, this next one is uh, is mine. It's my last one. I really dig this song, and it's a funny story because I'm just gonna say my two versions right away because they kind of feed into each other. So. The song is Everywhere, originally done by Fleetwood Mac. And if you don't like Fleetwood Mac, you can go fuck yourself and never listen to this pod ever again. <laughs> but the, ver- the the cover version, the second version, was done by uh, a band, uh, mainly uh, uh, this guy. He's in a band called Bootstraps, right? Uh, I heard them cover uh, Stand By Me, one, the, like one of the songs we did in the last episode, right? I heard him cover that song. And I was like, oh, he does a really good version of it. Um, let me see if he does. And then apparently he did a whole album of covers. So I had never heard Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac before this. So I listened to his version of Everywhere, and I'm like, oh, this is a really good song. And then I was like, oh, it's a Fleetwood Mac song. Let me give it a listen. I've never heard this song. I had, it's up there now with one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Dang. Yeah, let's give it a listen real quick. We can get your reaction, and I can discuss it a little bit further. Here it comes. Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. Okay, so one of my favorite aspects of that song 
is it's not Stevie Nicks or Lindsey Buckingham. It's Christine McVie, and I really dig that. Like I, she doesn't get as much love as those two guys, as those two members do, and she's kind of like the you know like the Ringo of Fleetwood Mac. Well, I guess uh, Fleetwood be. Let's not get into that. Okay, but basically what I'm saying is like. I really love that it's her song and she wrote it, and I really fucking love that song. Like, I really dig the fuck out of that song, man. It's a, it's it's another one of those like, I I probably listen to it like ten to fifteen times straight in one sitting, and I'm like, God, this song is so fucking good. Why isn't this played more? Like, why isn't this one of their bigger hits? I will be honest with you. Uh oh. Two things. First thing, didn't even know that, that was Fleetwood Mac. Yep. Second off, I hear that song every day at the office. So really? I hate it. Yes. It, we, are, we have a, a station. It's on a cable box, and we can't change it because it's too high up. Yeah, just, in, like the, uh, just like the good old days at that store that shall not be named, right? Exactly. So I hear it every day, and it's to the point I know exactly what time it plays, and I just, I can't. So, but, um, but yeah, but uh, besides that, I mean, yeah, no, it's really great, and that's a good point that it doesn't have the two staples of Fleetwood Mac um, singing in it, so that's pretty cool. It's just, uh, again, I've listened to it so many times, and I'll get to the Bootstraps version, which I also really like. It's got to the point where, like, I, I there are, like, really little quirks about that song, like, uh, this little drum thing that Mick, we- Mick Fleetwood does at the end that's really yeah, – it's its so its so good. It's like I, I could just pick up on these little things about it, and I'm just like I love that song. It's, it's not – I don't love it more obviously than Landslide that we covered last episode, but I really fucking love that song. I think I might like it more than Dreams. I don't know, mm, but I really fucking love that song. So let's give the, the Bootstraps version a listen real quick. Speak a little louder Leave it sharp that guy's voice love it really love it love that version love it really i was not expecting that i thought you were gonna not that you nitpick people's voices but i thought you would have it, it didn't sound like one of the more conventional like great voices i guess that's not very <laughs> that's not a very expert way of describing a voice but like i just thought that there was gonna someone was gonna find flaws with that voice but i i love it too i'm glad you love it too no, I think I like it because it's so much not like the first one. Uh, <laughs> but no, but it's super chill. Yeah, it's very it's slower. Uh it it's more mellow. That seems to be the theme. Like I told you he did an album of covers and it seems to be his theme, his his kind of style, that band's style is like kind of slower, more ethereal, more like really laid back, very minimalist, stripped down versions of songs and I really dig it. It's it's, uh, it, it's. I'm not gonna lie to you, John. Yeah. Somewhere in this universe, Patrick Wilson is having sex to that song right now. <laughs> Why <laughs> Patrick like, Wilson? He he has sex in every movie he's in. Prove me wrong. Besides *Fame of the Opera*, <laughs> and uh, and he's doing it to that song. What am I? Oh god. Okay, I'm trying to think of movies with Patrick Wilson right now. <laughs> uh, *Watchmen* does it. Bangs Kate Winslet in *Little Children on a Washer and Dryer*, but that's beside the point. Basically, he's doing it to that song. Oh God, I'm gonna figure out. I need to think about what I've se- else I've seen him in. But okay. you know what? He was in a movie with Liam Neeson called The Commuter. I don't think I never saw it, but I don't think he fucked anybody in that. But you know what? I could be wrong. I never saw it. <laughs> uh, but back to this version. Um, I really dig it, man. I really dig the dichotomy here. Like the original is upbeat, more more celebratory. I think we t- I think these are the same kind of terms I used on last episode. First one's more celebratory. It's more like I I want to be with I want to be with you everywhere. And the second version, this more long the slowed down minimalist version is more longing and you're like 
I, I imagine hearing it being played at a wedding. Like, I just imagine, like, oh, this is a nice, that's nice, that's very romantic, I guess. Sure, why not, right? More than a wedding. It is It is for having sex. Is baby making music? We're about it to is, touch I, on... I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I would definitely say candles are lit and someone who writes poetry for a living <laughs> is hanging their significant other to the house. So it's not, it's not baby making, it's anniversary sex music. It's crying sex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's Patrick Wilson sex. One of the two can't be both at the same time. What I was about to say is we're about to get on some baby making music coming up. Absolutely. Uh, but just wrapping this version, this these songs out, I'm really happy that, like, I love, I love stumbling on music. Like, if I hadn't heard his version of Stand By Me, I would have never heard his version of Everywhere, and I would have never heard Fleetwood Mac's version of Everywhere. And I just love, love when I stumble upon music like that, man. Like, I love, yeah. like, just tripping and falling and be like, oh my god, I love everything about this. Like, I'm gonna be honest, like, I have a playlist, like, I have my playlist on my, my phone that I listen to. I listen to music pretty much all day, in podcasts all day. And there and are times, and in the shower, uh... <laughs> Uh, and when I'm cleaning, basically, if I'm not watching television, I'm trying to listen to music in the car, wherever, right? And I'm yeah. going to be honest, I keep both versions. There are several playlists where I keep both versions in in my, uh, in my the playlists because they're both, like, I can't pick. I love them both so, so much. Uh, any last thoughts on these two? <laughs> Teddy, you got to prove me wrong about Patrick Wilson. <laughs> you bitch. Uh, okay, last one, last song, and this is the one I'm really excited to talk about because I forgot how great this song is. Okay, uh, this is your song. How about you set it up since last but not least? First off, I will go to the death if anyone doesn't like this song. The real and true queen, Rihanna, sings this gorgeous song called Love on the Brain. Yeah. And also we have the uh, cover version, if I'm allowed to say, is by... Um, Cold War Kids, which is beyond cool as well. So we're going to listen to the Queen Rihanna version first. Okay, let's give it a listen. And I'll run for miles just to get it Okay, uh, if I may go first, you know what? My I, first off, I really love that song. When I was when I was editing it down to that little snippet, I listened to it like twice in a row, full full times, and I was like, I just got to listen to this fucking song again, over and over again, real quick. Uh, but my, probably my one of my favorite things about this song, I don't know how if she did this for every like the entire time the album was out, but I actually got this album for free, like. She released, I, I, I like clicked the link, I like subscribed to something, and I got Anti, this, the album this song is on. I got it for free. And I'm going to be honest, yeah. it's one of the best free things I've ever gotten because that album is a fucking beast. Like that, that album, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I legally got this for free. Like this is amazing. Like this is a fucking deal right here. It's not like whenever you two put their album on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's got the soul. It's got that Motown kind of, like, it's it's very oh god you go you go you fucking it's your song I'm gonna let you go and then I'll uh, follow. Up. It's it's hard to talk about honestly like when I say I'll fight to the death for it I mean a vocally I've had someone tell me Rihanna doesn't sing she doesn't sing in that song a you're wrong no she's not absolutely pitch amazing right. but but that's you the beauty can't of tell it. Me Exactly, but you can't tell me you don't feel something, even if you have never ever felt that way about a person. Which please go find a way to feel about a person <laughs> like that. But I'm I'm telling you, I I feel pumped up to do just about anything whenever I listen to that song, whether it's just anything. I'm not even going to dive into that part. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm serious. Like vocally, lyrically, musically, it is a beast of a song and I'm super excited someone covered it and actually did a pretty good job. We'll get to that in a second. But honestly, you can't tell me you don't like that song. If you don't, you really have a problem. Okay. I'm going to be real with you, all right? 
Well, yeah. let me just say, continue on what I was saying. It's got the, it's kind of got that Motown feel to it. It's got the, the uh, accordion, not the, not the accordion, the, uh, the accordion. not the accordion. Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> and Weird Al, are you busy? Uh, no, it's got the, uh, the, uh, in the, ch- like they have them in churches and shit like that. The, uh, the very loud pianos or the really, really big pianos. Fuck. What are they called? Uh, An organ? Organ, yes. Why was I playing? I still can't figure out the the instrument I was talking about. I wasn't talking about a synth earlier, but go ahead. But, yes. It's got, like, the organ, and it's got the, uh... It's just got... It's got that, like... It's very... It's how... It's somehow romantic and sexy. Or, or, not sexy. It's so... It's both romantic and sentimental, and sexy and lustful, all at the same time. Is that fair? It is. If I could say one more thing. Yeah. Sorry. That song is how I feel like I am as a human being. Like, <laughs> how you just said. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> it is just honest to God. I didn't think that Rihanna could top stay because that's a whole nother ball of awesome emotion. Yeah. But she did, and I love her forever for it. Okay, what the real moment I was going to say, uh, besides the fact that I love that song, it's actually not my favorite song on that album. Oh wow! Yeah, she did on that same album. Uh, she did a cover of Tame Impala's uh, yeah. "Same Person, Same Old Mistakes" and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I actually—that's a whole. That might be for you know under the covers three, because I really have thought about what which version of that song is better. That might we might have to hold that one off for next year. But all right. But I actually like that song better on this album. But I have to say, if it wasn't for uh, that. This this would probably be my favorite song in there because it's like that and close to you and higher. Those are also really good songs as well. Again, if you can listen to this, if you haven't listened to this album, you need to fucking do it. It's a fucking great album. Um, okay, so we're gonna go to Cold War Kids. I don't. I I vaguely had heard of them. I haven't listened to any of their music, but I really dig their version. Let's uh, let's give it a listen real quick. Um, and I'll walk for miles just to get a taste. I really think the duet helps. Um, let me also say the person that is singing with Colbert Kids is Bishop Briggs, yeah. the female in there. Um, if I could be honest, I actually hate that the released version is the duet. Really? He said so they, they're touring right now, and they just they actually pretty recently came here, um, and he sings it by himself because obviously he does he can't just pull Bishop Briggs out of his back pocket and is like, <laughs> hey, sing this one song. She's my gimp. She lives in my basement. <laughs> yeah, and vocally, yeah, she she's cool. She's great. Whatever. She's a dime a dozen. Whatever. But um, I love him because he also doesn't have a perfect voice, and he. His voice to me is so wanting yeah. and addresses whatever emotion he has easily. Mm. And I mean, you can hear any song on their album, you know, just definitively, they're just, they're talented. And so to me, I feel like it kind of underplays the song and does the band a disservice to have it as a duet because him solo would just set it apart. See, I disagree. I think that what it has. Uh, going for it that the other version that the Rihanna version doesn't have while that song is excellent I like the duet and there is a lot less going on in the Cold War Kids version it's it's more stripped down it's more bare bones uh, it's different but I still love it I, I have to say I really like that clip because I really like how they both say fuck at the same time like it's like it really that feels like baby making music too because it feels like it's like Two people fucking while they're, like, singing while they're fucking and shit like that. <laughs> they might have. That might have been how they got it. I don't know. But uh, I really dig that version. But so you would say that anyone who would be interested, try and find a version or try and find a way to listen to him sing it by himself. A 
unfortunately, you won't really be able to find it because, like I said, I prefer his version of it, yeah. and it's hard to find. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like again, she's talented. It's just I really love his voice by himself. So it just a I already love that song. So I just wanted it to just be his grit. So I'm just looking for something more. But it, honest to God, really is a good song the way that they have it. So you still, but you would probably again. We're not picking favor. We're not picking here. Both versions are great. Just like we said off top. But you would lean more towards the Rihanna version. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would say so because I think she has the – you know, I, I read about – like when I was doing the editing for these songs and stuff like that, I was reading about some of them trying to get some – formulate some thoughts. And it's funny that you mentioned like people criticize her voice for being imperfect. I'm like, but that's the fucking point. Like it's like – I was like reading that and I was like people were talking about how she like – you're more knowledgeable about those sort of things than I am. But, like, I was like, but that's the point. It's supposed to feel raw. It's supposed to feel intimate. Like, what do you, what? Like, you, that's, people will complain. How dare you complain about that? <laughs> and my thing is, would you complain to her face? Because first off, she'd beat you, hands down. She'd beat you in a fight, and I would be her backup man any day. But, I mean, has she ever said, I'm the best singer there is? Like, let me sell you on my singing? No. She's she, Rihanna. She does whatever she wants. Who cares? Uh, by the way, I want to address something you said off top. Uh, the Flores and uh, Friends podcast is completely neutral in the Beyonce versus Rihanna uh, debate. <laughs> uh, we do not take sides. Please, Bayhive, do not come after me or my podcast. <laughs> I have a family. You know, not wife and kids, but I have a family. I have loved ones. Please don't destroy me. I really would not want to be destroyed. Uh, but yeah, I really like this Rihanna version, man. It's it's just, again, I got this song for free, like legally for free, like legitimate for free. And I was like, I think I'm taking, I feel like giving them money because I feel like I'm stealing something from y'all for this. Something this good for free shouldn't, something this good should not be free is what I'm saying. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us with the music. Did you want to do the questionnaire? Do you got time for the questionnaire? Yeah. Okay, we're going to do the question. It's a really it's another great episode. I think we really tackled all these songs really well, man. Uh, any last thoughts on the music? No. <laughs> I think I I I think I, I did have to tone it down a little bit for my love of that Rihanna song, but I still think it, I I I got it across. You know what one last thing I'll say about that Rihanna song? You could have told me it came out I believe it came out in 2016. You could have told me it came out in 1956 and I would have believed you cuz it's got that it's got a timeless appeal to it, in my opinion. Yeah. Or an error, an errorless, like, no specific era of music. It feels tied to. It feels like it could have been released anywhere in the past 50, 50 years, like five decades. Yeah, for yeah. sure. On that note, we're going to start the questionnaire. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. What's a skill or craft that you want to learn one day? Um, I'm going to break that up in two things. A skill. I would absolutely love, and I will do this one day, learn ASL, so yeah. American Sign Language, or any form of um, just uh, international sign language. That's yeah. a skill I would love to have. I beyond respect anyone that can do that. Um, craft. Honestly, any DIY that I can do by myself and it actually looks like the picture is a craft I would like to do. Mm. <laughs> Something that I don't need help on. Mm. Um, that would be good. Okay, let me... Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, you know, I... Uh, no, I don't really have anything to say. I was like, I was like, what's a skill or craft that I haven't mentioned already? And I'm like, yeah, I always do... Real, I still... I, I really want to go back one day and learn to learn Spanish. Like, since you mentioned ASL, I'm like... It would be really nice to, like, learn Spanish, especially because I have, like, technically I have ethnic ties to that language. But I'm like, I just don't know when I'm like, I was like, that'd be nice. But then I'm thinking about, man, that would be a lot of, like, that would be a huge commitment and a huge investment. I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. Fuck it, right? <laughs> the two people who have ties to yeah. being Hispanic don't aren't fluent in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. What is your... Uh, Please do not feel limited. You can go all day about this because I know you could. What is your favorite TV show? You know, either really, either currently on, that was on, either – it doesn't matter. I, I really don't know if I can answer that. That is super hard. Um, 
I'll go with favorites of right now. Um, of course, Handmaid's Tale. Um, even though Elizabeth Moss or whatever the hell her name, her face is weird. Like it's uh, that that actually creeps me out more than some of the topics at hand in the show. May I ask you a question about that show? Yeah. Will if I watch that show, will it make me hate myself for being a man? Um, definitely the second season. But um, I'll tell you, if read the book first, and the book and season one end at the same exact spot. So season two is just them essentially pulling crap out of their butthole. Okay. But um, it's it's still pretty good. Uh, that show's great. Um, I just finished ER. I would say everything up to season eight is like actually good uh, written material. Anything after that is just fodder for um, people who like Grey's Anatomy. Um, you said I was. I reminded Noah Wiley reminded you of me, or I reminded you of Noah Wiley, or something. Absolutely, especially when he puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a habit of doing that. Um, anyway, what else? Let me see. Let me see if I can if I can get one more out of there. And mind you, I'm not saying that these are my absolute favorite shows because that's not true. I just uh, I always think of you and uh, Arrested Development. Oh, I love Arrested Development. Absolutely. I haven't watched the newest season though. I'm not gonna lie. I've watched like one episode. Yeah. Um, but Arrested Development, you, you can quote it every single day, um, without a doubt. Um, especially because Afternoon Delight also plays at my job. Super <laughs> awkward song. Um, anybody that watches Arrested Development would get that reference too. So, but yeah. You have any more? No, not that I can think right now. I'm actually, I'm actually starting, I'm actually in the middle of season two of Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, Parks and Rec is super great. Let me ask you something. Am I supposed to hate Aziz Ansari? Like, I'm like, I really Uh, don't like that dude. His character, his character. You know how I feel about Aziz personally, I think. Yeah. Um... But his character, no, by the end of it, I mean, I think, honestly, everyone's pretty likable. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but the last season, uh, two people who I guess you're supposed to like still, I I really just was like, can y'all just shut up and, like, actually go and die and, like, not be on the show? So there's certain people that get annoying, but honest to God, I think everybody... Um, kind of like how it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia in the office. Some people you should hate, but just they're so horrible, you just love them. Mm. That's probably these. See, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Office fan, but I'm, I've never really been into... I've watched some episodes of Always Sunny, and I've laughed, but I'm like, I don't know how I could handle this show all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Anyway, okay, next question. Okay, what is a something, you know, a joke, a movie, a video, a meme, anything that makes you laugh every time? Easy. Um, joke, any corny joke, um, painfully awkward jokes, I really like those. Uh, movie, The Producers, also Bird, The Birdcage, <laughs> <laughs> both with Nathan Lane, and I'm talking about the uh, remake of The Producers. Yeah, the musical, uh, the musical version. Yeah, the musical version, correct. Um, a lot of movies make me laugh, but but definitely uh, The Birdcage and Producers, both two that make me die every time. Um, and I'll go with, if, if you're going to say musical, Book of Mormon makes me pee myself every time, too. I've never, uh, I've never watched it. You have to. It's I know. So I really want to watch that and, and Hamilton. Like, I'm like, I hear those are like oh, yeah. this shit. So I'm like, eh, maybe one day I'll get around to watching those, like, or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Uh, video, um, there's this video, and I don't know if you've seen it, it's, it's from Vine, or, you know, yeah. may it rest in peace, um, it's, it's two seconds long, it's this lady getting out of her car and walking in front of it, and she has, like, a milk jug in her hand, and her daughter honks the horn, and she flings it, and to me, every time I see it, I laugh like I've never seen it before, and I cry. That... Uh- yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. That one, and there's the one where the girl sees the fake rat on top of the um, the Coke cans, and she makes this <laughs> sound, and someone remixed it to be the opening song of um, You Want a Piece of Me by Britney Spears. <laughs> and that one also makes me laugh every time, too. Or anything Brandon Rogers, sorry. So a lot of things actually make me laugh. Memes, I mean, pretty much any meme that has more than half a brain cell is pretty funny to me. Okay. Uh, all right. I know this is probably a very deep, intimate uh, aspect of your life. Uh, who was your first crush? Either, you know, real life, 
in someone you knew or like a celeb? Who was your first crush? Got it, got it. So first real life that I recall, his name was um, <laughs> his name was his last name was Elliot, I think, but I couldn't say Elliot, so I called him Alien. Elliot. 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 <laughs> uh, but I actually thought that he was an alien, or he thought he was an alien. I don't know. My mom told me about this, and I used to say that he was green. So I don't know. Apparently, we were together, like, in pre-K, whatever. Oh, my God. Don't even know his real name. Uh, celebrity crush. David Bowie was honestly my first celebrity crush. Labyrinth, those pants. That bulge. Um, that bulge those crystal balls um that was second grade but the first one that everyone knew about and i mean everyone and he actually might even know about it because i met one of his friends recently no joke is brendan frazier oh god i still have a shirt that talks about brendan frazier <laughs> i have a picture of him that's framed oh i want to um, i want to submit it plugs or not i love him i want to submit that reminds me i want to submit something that always makes me laugh that clap from the Golden Globes. <laughs> like, oh my, I just remember when we all lived together, you were talking about how much you loved Brendan Fraser, and me and Ben wouldn't stop doing the clap to you. And ben like, still does it. <laughs> yeah, no, Brendan Fraser. Uh, I love, I love Brendan Fraser. Like, I, I really do like Blast from the Past. I love the original Mummy. Uh, God, what else was he in? He was in a. Uh, Fuck, what else was he in? He was in, He's uh, in a lot of stuff. I know. He was, uh, in, I remember Encino Man. Uh, he's really, uh, did, I, I did like Did Bedazzled? Because him and Bedazzled. Oh, Bedazzled. That's another. You know, a lot of people, a lot of critics shit on that movie. I actually really like that movie. Especially, especially Elizabeth the Hurley. The range. The range of Brendan Fraser in that movie. <laughs> anyway, okay. What is your, uh, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, Ben hates that I love this so much, but tiramisu. Ugh. The coffee, the the softness, the deliciousness. It's. I will actually, if I see tiramisu on a menu, doesn't matter where I'm at, even if I'm so full I'm going to die, I will eat it. That's how I feel about creme brulee, but I can't, I can't stand... Oh, creme brulee's my second favorite. I can't stand tiramisu because when my family went to Italy, almost exactly 10 years ago this year, uh... Every place we went to, like for dessert, it would they all they had was like tiramisu. So I had tiramisu. So I need to go to Italy, is what you're saying? Absolutely, just for the gelato. The gelato alone oh. is totally worth it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. If you could trade places with a famous and or powerful person alive today, who would it be? Okay. Easy. Um, Adam Driver's wife. Oh God. But. <laughs> I would have to be me. Like, he would have to have amnesia and absolutely, like, forget about her. So it wouldn't necessarily be training spots. It would just be me being his wife. It would just literally be you replacing him, or replacing her. <laughs> exactly. Her name is Joanne Tucker. First off, why did he marry someone named Joanne? Man, don't but, hate um, on that. <laughs> but, but, but really, seriously, like, if there's a way that me and Adam Driver could just hash it out, and by hash it out, I mean go all night. I'll do it. Look, man, I love me some Ben Solo, but like, he's he just looks like a dude to me. I mean, he's tall. Like, I, that's the only oh. thing I'm like. He's tall. He's a good actor, but I'm like, I don't, I don't see it, man. He just looks like a guy to me. No, he could straight up say, "I'm going to throw you up against that wall and make you just like die." I'd be like, "Do it." <laughs> <laughs> so Adam Driver's wife, Joanne Tucker, move aside. It's me. Okay. Uh, would you? Rather drive in a NASCAR race or a monster truck rally? Uh, monster truck rally because I would beat the opponent. And, and I could also, you know, all the rednecks that are there, I could really get them riled up before I go into the uh, monster truck. You, so. uh, you do cause the rednecks to be hot and bothered. I have seen that happen. Yep. An unnamed ginger. <laughs> Anyway, wrapping up, last question. Uh, thank you again for doing this. I really do appreciate it, always. Yeah. I know you got shit going on. Uh, I, I Obviously, I really do appreciate you making time for me. Um, of course. What's some good advice you wish you had, you would have had in the past? Or what's some good advice you would pass on to, like, you know, like Emmy or, like, the next generation or a young person? What, what's, something, what's some good advice? 
Okay, this isn't anything I've ever heard from anyone, um, something that I've thought about for myself. And yeah, I'll have to definitely wait until you know you can curse in front of your child and be acceptable. Um, but my advice would be to tell my child or anybody, fuck anyone's expectation, fuck your own expectations, be yourself, and have determination and you'll get anything you want. Here, here. Yeah, it's something that I forget about a lot, but I know I notice myself when someone's down, I can move mountains and make someone feel really good about themselves. And that's honestly the advice that I give to people. So I need to do it myself. But that's that's how I feel. And um, you don't have to live up to anyone's expectations. And if you ever feel like you do, you might not be in the right place. Amen to that, sister. Uh... Yeah. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, this should be going up Wednesday the uh, 25th. Yes, 25th. Uh, I may or may not be taking next month off of the pod. I usually take like a break at the beginning of the year. And then I do usually do like a month-long uh, one, you know, uh, in the fall or the late summer, early fall. So I'm probably – I might be taking a break off next month. So this might be the episode – last episode until september uh thank you again morgan um i really do appreciate it um it's a great one i'm really looking forward to part three next year yeah give my love to benjamin and always always give my love to amelia lane for me all right all right i love you i will talk to you later okay bye whoa that's all i get (laughs) i gotta pee All right, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye.